0: welcome 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 to the rip 28 podcast this is the rip 28 podcast it's a podcast where a few friends get together and we talk about a few things now some of those things you might like some of those things you might not like but we keep on talking about them on the rip 28 podcast i am your super legendary host sly Williams, joined by a few of my good friends my homeboy we got your favorite coach Favorite coach. What's going on, LBZ?
1: Man, it's BZ the goat. Your favorite coach, favorite coach. Just here to kick it with my guy Sly and someone I may know just a tad bit. Let's go.
0: I tell you what we like to do, man. You know, me myself, I am an a athletic legend, a superstar, a a great one, a greatness that that that's unknown to most people. So what I like to do, I like to reach out and bring on a legend. I like to reach out, bring on one of the best that we've ever seen do. I'm talking about W.J. Keenan's finest, the University of South Carolina superstar, a WNBA draftee, one of the greatest that I have ever seen hold the ball, the one and only Miss. Sarnitsky Gordon. How are you doing this evening? I'm well, how are you? The university is- oh, I okay, got a little bit of delay. Okay, my bad. How are you doing this evening? I'm well. How are you? Man, I am doing awesome, man. We are so honored. We're so honored, man, uh, <laughs> to have you on this show. Uh LeBron, LeBron, uh, well, we all knew, well, we all knew of you, but LeBron knew you a little bit better. And Bron said, Hey man. You got a chance to get Sean on the show. I said, man, you better break your neck and do whatever you <laughs> got to do to make sure you get Sean on our show, man. And we're just so honored to have you here.
1: Um, but she did say this. She said, if you don't get her name right, she won't come back. It's not Shaninsky. It's Shonzynski.
0: <laughs> i Shonzynski. <was,
1: laughs> hey, hey, hey,
0: because I'm not used to being in the rare air of superstars, it causes me to make a mistake, man.
1: Man, it's, you with me all the time. What you talking about? Don't they like, hey, 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 come on. I don't like the shade that's been thrown on this podcast here today. I know Sean was great, but hey, you know, we from Columbia High now. We don't really mix with them Raiders too much like that. But you know, yeah, yeah, I digress yeah. for the for, for the sake of the, the podcast world and, and Facebook and all these great um streaming services. I digress. We going we're we'll great put, Sean
0: We'll put the beef down for about an hour. We're, about we're, an hour. We'll put the beef down for about an hour. We'll talk to a Raider for a little bit,
1: man.
2: <laughs> for a long time, I was a long time.
0: But,
1: well, okay. people don't really know Sly, but she's really a Brooklyn Casey bad cat. That's what she. Let's get to the story
0: behind it. Let's jump, let's jump into that, man. Let's jump okay. into that. A lot, of, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners are. Some of them from Columbia. You know, we worldwide, Sean. I don't know if you
1: know. Tell about it, Sly. Sean,
0: we worldwide. We all out there, man. We checking. If you check us out and you go and look look us up, man, we are everywhere you want to be, man. We're the Rip 28 Podcast, man. We're out there, a little bit of everywhere. Hey, Brian, where can the people check us out when they want to check us out, bro?
1: Man, listen, we on YouTube. We on Facebook. We on Podbean. We on Podbay. We on um, Twitter, we on Instagram, Uh, uh, Anchor. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the RIP28 podcast, man. So there's no reason for you not to like, subscribe, and share this, man. It's everywhere. Everywhere you want to be, that's where we are.
0: Brian, I was checking them numbers, Brian. You know, I like to check the analytics and everything like that, man. Yes, sir. We have five people in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, Sean. Yeah. Who you know in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe Sean?
2: Anybody, but that's
0: awesome. We are we worldwide up in this thing. We got we got fans all over, all over. Mm-hmm. I think they came from from Ivory Avery brought brought them five Zimbabwe people, and we had you Ivory.
1: So. Yeah, we got to thank Ivory. Shout out to Goody, Mister Eight Hundred Three with the tattoos. We see you.
0: For everybody with your
1: tattooing
0: needs, make sure you check out uh Goody, Mister Goody, eight hundred three. Absolute remember. ink, absolute ink. He will take care of you. Get your tattoos. Get you tatted up. Looking get all tatted, good. Movie. Looking all good. But here we go though. Um, Sean, man, we want to dig into your background a little bit for those for the for the people not from Columbia who, who don't really know the the legend. Um, when I was first Kind of introduced to Sean. Um uh, she like I said, she played at our rival high school, Keenan High School, and it was a little freshman out there just balling. And I wonder <laughs> what this freshman doing out here balling against everybody, leading Keenan to a state championship game. So we we're in the state championship game, and I saw this freshman out here playing. I was like, wow, who is that? Little do we know, we find out this is a future superstar. So how, how did your basketball
2: career kind of take off? When did how did everything get started for you? Um, my basketball career started kind of, you know, I'll go back to what LeBron said. I, I, I grew up in Casey, South Carolina. So, you know, I never forget where I come from. Um, I spent most most of my life there. Um my mom was a gym director um at Spire's Recreation Center. Um and it was a part of my daily life, you know, every day. Um, Whether we were in school or not, we just had to be in the gym, at the gym. Um, My mom was one of those, you know, we weren't allowed to stay home by ourselves. So, you know, from sunup to sundown, you know, after school before school we were in the gym um and so I just kind of grew the love for the game just by being around it all the time and you know being around great people that also played the game older heads um like Rocky Midnight um uh, Phyllis Midnight those are the people my mom Jennifer Stroman um Again, those- shout out yeah shout out to Jennifer Stroman that's my aunt um you Know these are the people that taught me the game, um, the right way. Um, and you know, just being around them on a consistent basis at Spires Gym, um, is kind of how my love for the game grew.
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned your mom, it's like it seems like everybody in, in West Columbia, that Casey area, whatever, seems like all of them know your mom. It's like she's a popular figure out there from Spires, man. That's, that's kind of amazing. That's kinda So There's
1: Miss Betty and Dog West out there together. (laughs) You know them. If you don't know nobody from KC, (laughs) West Columbia, South Carolina, boy, you know Miss Betty stay ready, and you know Dog West. That's a guarantee. Am I wrong, Sean? Correct me
2: if I'm wrong. I have to give it to you. You know, know, y'all say I'm the legend, but my mom
1: really is the legend. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Ain't no doubt I love Miss Betty. Miss Betty tell it like it is. She don't sugarcoat it for nobody. Always Shout out, Miss Betty out there vacationing and doing her thing. But yeah, Miss Betty, she is stay ready, she stay ready. But check this out, Sean tell us how hard Miss Betty used to go on you because I seen her coach and I know if she goes this hard on other people's kids, I can just imagine how it was with you, your brother, and your sister. I could just, I can only imagine. You
2: know, I, I, she was pretty tough on all of us. I think I probably got it the worst out of all of us, but, you know, um, practice, th- there wasn't a thing where I, w- I was ever tired. You know, I-, I have days, I come in the gym and I'm thinking I'm giving 110% and I'm running. 20- I don't know the reason why, but I'm crying <laughs> around the gym. And she tells me keep going, you know, um, she was that coach, you know, it, it got at one point her and Jim, her and Jen, my aunt Jen was a perfect match because you know, my mom handled everybody else, and Jen coached me. You know, that's how tough it was. But, you know, I'm grateful for it. You know, you know, it taught me a whole lot in the process.
1: Okay.
0: Now, you kind of uh, matriculated over to uh, W.J. Keenan over there down Two Nudge Road. Now, one thing about playing at Keenan, you talk about your mom and the influence your mom was – uh, you also got to play for another legend over at Keenan, Coach Van. Now, how was that experience meeting up with, with Coach Van playing over there at Keenan under another legend?
2: You know that it, it was an awesome, awesome experience, and I tell people all the time: you don't realize the sacrifices people make for you, you know, along the way. But as you grow and you get older, and for myself, as I step into the same role, I realize that I look back and, you know, there are a lot of sacrifices that. She- made not only for me, but, you know, for her players in general, you know, she loved us. She cared about us. She taught us life experiences. You know, she taught us the game. She was tough too. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when it came to our dreams and goals, she made sure she was there and that, you know, she did everything possible to help us achieve our goals.
1: Speaking of that, Sean, what are some of the differences? I know you were great and I know it just didn't happen overnight. <clears throat> you put a lot of work and hard work and dedication into it. What are some of the differences you see now that you are, like you said, a head coach now? Also, shout out to the uh, Fairfield, Central, Fairfield Central Griffin. She's the head coach there for the women's basketball team also. So what's what are some of the differences that you see now as you're a coach as opposed to when you were a player?
2: You know, I, I think this is a different era you know, uh, where social media is prevalent. So I think, you know, looking back, I don't think it was as easy to be recognized back then. So I think, you know, we spent a whole lot more time in the gym. You know, we had to go through, I mean, go to a whole lot more um, camps and, you know, people actually had to put your name out there. Whereas now you can make highlight tapes, you can, you know... um, Create reels and and pretty much put yourself out there, you know. And I think, you know, you had more old school coaches, you know, and that gives you a different mindset. It puts you in a different mindset. I think the biggest difference now is mindset—the mindset of the kids—and they just don't know how it how hard it was back then to to make it to you know be successful or to achieve your goals, you know.
0: That's
1: what um, I'm
0: now, and I think, question. You talk about getting the recognition and, and, and getting your name out there. Um and you know, I mentioned earlier how Keenan went to that state championship your freshman year. When did your name kind of get on the scene where people said, Okay, well, you know, people outside of Columbia said, Okay, well she's pretty good. When when, when did that start to happen for you?
2: Um, I would say I think when I made the move from Brook uh, Casey to, to Keena, um, you know, when I was growing up in Casey, one of the main reasons that we transitioned to the other side of town was, you know, when I played middle school, there was a point where they banned me. Um, seventh grade, I, you know, I played for the, for, for the middle school. And then the next year, the very next year, they said that I was banned from middle school. So I actually moved to the high school instead, but I only played on, J. I, well, I only played JV because in the process we were working on moving. But once we made that move, you know, I think I was already out there, but that was when the invites, um, especially after my ninth grade year, the invites, the Nike camp, and um, the well, back then, they didn't have these showcases. They had Nike camp. So Nike camp was the the big thing that you wanted to get through. Um, Blue Star, all of those, you know, those, that was when I started to receive the invites to go to those places.
0: Okay. Now, how was it? How was it, you know, coming from Columbia and you're going to that Nike camp and you're playing against some of the best people? Who were who some of the ones that you saw? If you remember, who were some of the ones you saw that first time? You went to
2: that Nike camp. Who were some of the players you saw out there? I mean, it, it, I saw a lot of players. I can remember, you know, the Swin Cashers, the, I mean, Swin Cash, the Asia Jones, um, Brandon McCain, mm-hmm. Michelle Snow, Tamar Moore, you know, a lot of them today. I mean, yesterday, <laughs> you know, we're really good friends. They all played in the league. Um those are just a few that I remember off the top of my head, but the list is is big.
1: Speaking of a list, you are the start or a part of the start of a long list of female superstars in basketball at Keeney. What y'all doing over there? Uh, what y'all putting in that water over there? Now the latest one is Miss Malaysia Wiley. What y'all putting over there? Because I need to sprinkle a little bit in a place. I won't say the name, but I need to sprinkle a little bit of that dust. <laughs> that's great <laughs> you know
2: it, i can't say it's anything special you know it's just you know a group of hard working young ladies you know and it's just a powerhouse you have great coaches you have people that's knowledgeable of the game you get good results and you great athletes all right
0: well now now when you went to these uh nike camps you know i guess you know, as a youngster coming in that camp, I guess you, you had to feel a little bit nervous, or, or did you feel any nervous nervousness coming there playing, or was was you ready for it when when you went?
2: I mean, I was ready, but there's always nerves because you know it's hundreds, thousands of people or kids at this camp. But you know, once the ball go up, once the ball goes up, we're all doing the same thing. You know, the nerves go out the window, and you just do what you just do what you do. You know, my job or my focus was to be the best that I can be at that time. And I can say that I did well at that.
0: Okay. Now, we asked you about some of those uh those national players you saw when you went to these camps. Now, mm-hmm. we have to know locally. We got to know locally. Because who were some of those players around the state of South Carolina that just gave you the headache? Or who were, the, who were the, the teams that you looked forward to playing? the teams you look forward to playing
2: well i say columbia high most definitely well, i'm
0: gonna pause i'm gonna pause you right there for one okay. second i'm gonna pause okay. you for a second because i don't really think that y'all played against columbia high. y'all showed up but you know <laughs> we kind of <we> <laughs> just ran ran don't, through.
2: don't do that <laughs> No, but most definitely, they always had a powerhouse. Um, you know, there were some great players Teresa Jeter, Melanie Murray, Melanie. I can't remember. Davis. Davis.
1: Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I
2: remember Nikki Jet. She might have been my last year, if if uh, I can correctly.
1: She, your, your, she was your uh, junior year. Yeah. She okay. was, she was a freshman, freshman in junior, year. junior year. She was a freshman, yeah. junior year.
2: And you know we all played on the same AAU team, so you know
1: we were all that's familiar. That ain't um, fair. No,
2: not, not the same team, the same organization. Oh. Right
1: Still um, ain't fair. All <laughs> <but, laughs> that let you just name, all that you just name. Come on, man, that ain't fair. Well, y'all beat mo y'all meet, y'all beat a lot of boys teams. Shoot. Of course. Without, you treat.
2: But that's Shoot. that's what we and that you know what going back, that's another difference. We play boys all the time. You know, boy was the challenge. You know, we got in the gym, didn't care if you were a boy, went, didn't care if you were the best boy, but we, we were up for the challenge. Um, yeah, so right. I helped grow our game a whole lot too.
0: Um, I'm I'm going to jump in. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story of when I, you know, because I, I knew you from afar. I just never really, I never saw you play close up or something, but it's something that jumped out, jumped out in my mind. That let me know that you were a real real baller, and this had to be probably I think the sum of your tenth grade year, maybe maybe the summer going to you, yeah, definitely some of your tenth grade year um I was playing at Greenview park, I was playing at Greenview park, and it was like a Saturday, and we was out there just bullshitting around at greenview and um and Greenview had a a thirteen and under a a u boys team playing, I think it was thirteen and under or something like that. And mm-hmm. it was a team, they had Buddy on that team. I want to say they had Zimmerman. I think Zimmerman, I'm not sure who else was on that, on that squad they had. But um, but they were out there and they were playing. And they were playing your AU team. And mm-hmm. they was running those girls up and down the court. I, I, think, I think you guys were probably a year, maybe two years older than them. And they were running the girls up and down the court. But you hadn't showed up. And then next thing you know, you showed up and once you showed up and got on the court, you got out there and I swear you scored about ten straight and they was just lost. They was confused. Pope Buddy and Buddy is one of the greatest players I ever seen play. I, I will give Buddy his props until the day he died. Uh Buddy Buddy one of the greatest players I seen play in, in the Columbia, period. But you got out there and his young behind, y'all just ran you just ran circles. And that little tight behind Greenview Greenview gym with them plastic floors mm-hmm. just ran circles around him, and I just thought that was the most hilarious thing I, I ever saw in my whole life,
1: man. Hmm. Hey, she better not do it now. Yeah. She do it now, boy. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> we don't take y'all ain't beating us no more. We sick of it. I get out there on the court, women—they not beating us, men. You do that nowadays, Sean, that, that ain't that. Man, look, I'm I'm scared to play against a female in basketball. What? I don't want my emotions to get too high.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you talk about emotions getting high. Well, it's not funny. It's, it's serious. You <laughs> talk about emotions getting high, man. Bron, what happened? We got something in the news, man. Bron, what happened about a week or so ago, man?
1: Man, it was uh, supposed to be two friends. A young lady, she's 21 years old. Um, And it was a a gentleman, a young man, he's 33. And they, from what the article said, they had been friends for a while, been playing basketball, going to the park. and You know, they usually play two-on-two or play whoever's at the park. And this day they played one-on-one, and the young lady beat the gentleman, and he ended up gunning her down, man, like really overkilling, like unloading this whole clip on her. And her mom was wondering, you know, what could have went so wrong between two friends over a basketball game. So that's why, you know, it's just it's sad to say, you know, rest in peace to the young lady and we send our condolences from the Rip 28 podcast to her family, man, because you know, back in the day, like Sean said, we grew up playing against girls. They grew up beating on us. Some beat us, some didn't. I remember playing Tree G at King Park. Valley Valley, uh, Park. Valley Valley Park. Valley Park. And she went and got her daddy her daddy came out there and coached her, and she beat my butt. I never thought to do anything like that, man. It was just like, hey, she was better than me that game. I need to come back and play her. Shout out to Tree G that I owe you one and we we need to uh go ahead and settle the score.
0: The the great, the great basketball player, Columbia. Shout out,
1: shout out to Tito helper in the comment in the in the, in the section saying Shansinski is a hoopology legend. I uh,
0: appreciate it. Shout out, shout out to Tito and and Pooh over there. Hey Pooh, as a matter of fact, should be coming out. I don't know if this this might be a secret. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm. What well, don't say killer. it. Uh, they got a the Gamecocks got a, a Under Armour commercial or something coming out, and Pooh is doing the narrating on the commercial. Oh, that's wow. awesome.
1: Shout out to Big Brother Pooh.
0: Yeah, shout out to Pooh. But, uh, but, but yeah, man, we talk about the, uh, we're talking about the, the fragile male ego, man. You know, we're all, we're all athletes, you know, former college athletes and, and, you know, we like to win, but I don't think our ego has ever been that fragile, man. You know, have you dealt with, with some fragile male ego in your lifetime, you know, playing ball and stuff like that?
2: I can't, I, I can't recall anything. Like I said, that, that situation is very unfortunate. Um, and again, I, my condolences to her family. Um, back in my day, like LeBron said, it was just all competition. It was fun and games. You know, I, I'm pretty sure the fellas got mad when we beat them, but at the end of the day, you know, just to think or take someone's life over that, I don't think that was a an, an option or in our thought process. But again, you know, Youth sports have become so competitive and, you know, I think with the whole social media, you know, people's egos, like you said, gets involved and, you know, it becomes unbearable, um, especially for young men. And, you know, just how we promote it, you know, these days when a girl beats you, it's just like, oh, you got beat by, you know, and just the taunting, you know, I think it can really you know, bother somebody's mental health. You know, it's not fun and games anymore. You know, people are taking this really, really serious. Um whether it's business, whether it's making bets, on, I, I don't know, maybe they had a bet going on. I, I, I don't know, but you just never know the seriousness of
1: the situation. Um, a- go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead, Sean. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. I'm good. That's uh You say mental, work on your mental, but what was different about us? We we played against girls, and I've been, like I said, tree beat me one-on-one. I what's, what, what I, I know we have a different mental makeup, oh, check, but what's so different? Check,
0: check, check this, Bron. Check this Tito just put in the comments, man. Social media is a gift and a curse, man, and I think that yeah. has so much to do with it, man. You know, kids now... Kids are a lot more fragile now man they're a lot more they nobody's tough there you
1: go there you, know, you go it's a
0: lot, excuse the French but it's a lot of sissies out there man you know I'm old I say I can say sissy there's a lot of <laughs> sissies out there man and, and it ain't and you know that that mental toughness isn't really there and then with social media amplifying everything if you get beat by somebody somebody's gonna go and post it and then you're gonna have all these comments and likes from a bunch of people that you don't even know. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of people you don't know, you don't care about. And so, you know, it's it's, it's just the fragile male ego, man. It, it, yeah. it's social media, a gift and a curse. You know,
2: that's it. well, you just said that, like, um, you know, back then, like I said, that was normal. So I'll, I'll just put it out. I'm not going to say the team. This this past weekend, um, you know, we have this fall league going on. And we have um, the girls playing against the boys. Well, my team was playing against the boys. And I remember the coach saying, man, we're not doing this no more because we playing girls. And I'm just like, okay. You know, so he had a, he actually had a problem with it. But at the end of the day, we ended up winning the game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem. That's the problem. lot no, the problem, Sean. He
2: was, I think he was saying that because he thought the game, like, oh, these girls, we're not boys, not supposed to play girls. Or boys are gonna be better than girls, you know. So I think that was the way I took it at the time. But then we won the game. You know, he came back and he was like, you know, your your team's really good or whatever. But I was just looking at it that way. That's just the thought process of a lot of people these days. Um, not just the kids, it's, it's, it's the coaches as well. And so it trickles down um, and it goes back to, you know, taking it back. Like, it's just not normal these days. People don't expect that. And it's, it, it's not to help girls develop. You know, back in the day, even LeBron, if I played you, you're like, okay, I helped you get there. I, I have so many males be like, you remember when we played blah, 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 Travis, mm-hmm. Mills, Travis. Um, yeah,
1: shout, shout out to Shaq the Barber.
2: Yep. We we played so many games, but that helped me grow as a player, and that's the same way that you guys looked at it back then, but it's not looked at the same, um, looked at that, look that in that way today. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest differences.
1: Think about this, Sean. Remember when I was coaching AAU, and I had the pretty good little team, and you had a good team, and we sparred against each other. We went half court. We worked on our press. Because we were going to, a, I think we were going to the same tournament down in Georgia somewhere. Augusta, that's when you had Jordan them on the younger team.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we played your older team. But anyway, that was good for both of us because it made us learn to play the finesse game. So if they're calling charges or they're calling it close, now we we know from playing with the girls that, you know, Excuse me, we could um we could change up our style. So I think that helped us just as much as it helped y'all.
2: Correct. Yeah. And and you know, that was what it was about. You know, I think we got to get back to that, you know, helping each other, not just looking at it one-sided and hey, the boards are supposed to be better. Yeah, they're supposed to. And I tell my kids all the time, they're supposed to be more athletic. There's they jump higher. So use this. So to make yourself better, you have to think a little more. You have to outsmart them, you know, cause you're not gonna be more athletic.
0: Hmm. That that that's that's interesting, man. You know, it um I'm a I'm a hold I'm a hold that thought right there. Cause we gonna I see uh LeBron change his name to Mr. WNBA, man. We're gonna reach into that one. We we're gonna reach into that one a little bit later as we get more in the Shawn journey. Now um Let's let's go back. Let's go back to your journey. Let's go back to your journey, Sean. We, you know, we talked about how you, now you're at Keenan. You know, you're, you're on that national level. People are are knowing are knowing your name. They they're filling up the gym to come and watch you play now. And um, it comes time you have to make a decision. You know, where you're gonna go to the next level. And you did something at a time that was kind of shocking. You decided to stay home and go to the world's greatest university ever. What led to that? What led to that decision-making? You decided to stay home and go to South Carolina.
2: You know, the well, the first thing was, you know, I wanted to go to a program where I could make a difference. Um, I changed the culture. Um, the second thing was, you know, my family. That was very important me um you know I wanted them to be able to see me play um to support me and in all essence my grandmother um you know she's passed away now but she could never drive so I know that if I went somewhere far away it would be limited on the times that she would be able to see me play um so ultimately I wanted you know stay close to home to have all the support that I needed from from my family and friends.
0: Yeah, and that that was interesting, man, that, that you chose to stay home, man. We, You know, I'm a lifelong Gamecock fan. You know, I, I went to college and played in Kentucky, but I ended up transferring back home to USC, and it was fun just to see, you know, see somebody from the real playing and stepping up and making a, a, you know, becoming dominant, you know, becoming dominant and, and leading because I, I forget forget the coach, man. I don't know. It was it Wilson. I, I don't remember your coach's name, but it seemed yeah. like, Seemed like all she did was go and recruit girls from Europe. Tall tall white girls from Czechoslovakia or something like that, man. See like that's all she got on the team. But uh but but to have you there and then when Teresa transferred back home and and to see Mel, male, uh come out of junior college and, and come to USC, you know, it was it was fun for me. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember going to the USC girls games and you could you know, you can flash your student ID and walk in. But, um, but you know, when you guys started changing the culture a little bit, started started winning, you know, it kind of changed. And I remember that when y'all played Tennessee and how, this, how it was sold out when y'all played Tennessee or some of those games when um, the soldiers from Fort Jackson would come. Oh, yeah. And, and they were being the honest man, it was, it was a real, I, I, I love the foundation that y'all set for Don And everything that they have going over there, man, that that foundation. Now, going to USC, what type of culture shock or shock was it stepping up into the the college level? You know, you're a big-time star in high school. Now you're back to being a little freshman over here in college. What type of change was that for you?
2: I think... uh just making the adjustment from one level to the next, you know, the responsibility of being a student athlete, um, you just, you basically, you know, being on your own, having no one to tell you when, what and where to do or how to do things. Um, I think that was the biggest adjustment for me on the court. I, you know, just being looked at as the freshman. other than that, I, I don't really feel like there was much difference on the court. Um, I just played my game, and I let the game come to me, and I did pretty well. Um, I'll I
1: say, fr- say it for you, Sean. Ball is going to ball, Sly. Ball is <laughs> going to ball. Ball is going to ball. Will you put me in this situation? Ball going to ball. Say it, Sean. Shoot, don't stop being humble. Sometimes be like Sly. Sly put it out there. Sly, Sly, let, you know. put, Sly let you know how good he is. You ain't got to tell him. You he'll let you well. know how good he was. And the older he get, the better he was. The better I get, the <laughs> better I get. I'm telling you, man. Oh man, but but Sean, what? And um, going back to your colleges, what was it like uh, putting South Carolina on the map, being that start? How how does it feel now when you when you see the success of of the program that you know you helped start and create and give a little foundation to?
2: You know, I I, I think it's it, it's a great feeling. Um, you know, for a while, like I said, in, before I went to USC, I I just add I never really thought I was going to USC. You know, um, so just to walk in those doors and to you know see the change and see people there to come come watch you come watch your team play. then right.
0: the din-
2: we didn't win, we didn't win very much but my last 2 years that was when the game really changed for us um you know so just being a part of the success or you know building to uh, helping them build and go into the success that they that they're in now um you know, it's a great feeling. You know, you hear people and they go back and like, hey, I remember when you went there. Yeah, but to watch, you know, the success of Dawn Staley and the girls now, you know, that's 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 awesome. You know, just to see the program change overall, you know. That's so, so. Got a lot sure. of As now. Back in the day, you didn't hear that a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. Hey, shout out to Shauna Cobb, one of, the, one of our uh, unofficial members on the Rip 28 podcast. She said, shout out to Sean. Y'all were double Dutch uh, teammates on the force together. Yes, indeed. Hey, Shauna. Yeah. yeah. See, it's we, it's just we just reuniting folks. We just reuniting. We're we doing it all on this podcast. You, man. Right. you know what? Shout ain't out. I, right? Yeah, I ain't know I double Dutch, right? Did not
2: know
1: that. Well, I knew that. I knew you did. Well, yeah, let I me just,
2: did. I didn't double Dutch. I turned the ropes.
1: Well, you was on the force with Miss Joy. Hey, shout out, shout
0: out to, um,
1: (laughs) shout out to Miss Joy. Um, I
0: think they named a a road or something over there in West Columbia after I think so, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Lexington,
2: yeah, that's my brother's godmother also.
1: Okay, okay, Okay. Miss Joy the great, the the great Miss Joy. Man, I tell you what, Sean. I wish I could get paid some of this money that these kids getting paid now.
0: Well, yeah. Now this is this is interesting. This is interesting. <laughs> your your college journey. You know, mm-hmm. like I say, you you were a, a local star in high school, and you, you stayed in Columbia, so your star was shining bright. Now imagine. I think you you need to talk to your mama. You were born about twenty years too early. <laughs> <You were> born, <laughs> it all changed. Yeah, you know, because like right now in the news going on, now everybody has the NIL deals, the name, image, and likeness deals out there where college players can actually make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And the University of South Carolina, Don Staley, she's just signed every single one of their players to a $25,000 NIL deal. And now what that means, they've signed with the agency or whatever, and that agency will pay them a salary of $25,000 a base salary to start off. Now, let's just say if, if uh, Leah Boston wants to go and get uh, LeBron chicken and waffles to, 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 to uh, get her as an advertiser, as a spokesman, she'll still get that money also. That's just money on the top. And what this uh, agency that they signed to, they're supposed to go out and try to find that player more deals so that player can make more and more money. Now, for you, we, we ain't get that. We, we, ain't nobody <laughs> that don't got that opportunity. That. I <laughs> yeah,
2: looking back, you know with the athlete being a product, you know, I understand, you know, I guess the argument at first was, you know, that we get free scholarships, but, you know, I think it's well-deserved. You work for it. I mean, it's your name out there. So why not, you know, everybody else is making money off your name. So why should you make money off your name? It's you, you're the product. So, you know, I think it's a great thing, you know, as long as it stays, stays maintained and under control I I, you know I think they deserve it and what most people don't know or what they don't realize is the sacrifices that you make as an athlete it's far beyond being just a student you know the the demands are greater um and also you know the 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 years or the uh, you know the the beatings you put in on your bodies you know when we get a little bit older you know we got eight eight, That eighty-year-old needs, you know. Whew. I mean, that's not like the average person. So I think it's well deserved. Um, I think athletes deserve it, and they should be able to compensate off of their hard work.
0: I'm, I'm glad you said that. You know, you talk about the differences between being a regular student and being an athlete. You know, you know, a lot of people don't understand. They say, "Oh, well, you get this full scholarship, so just be happy with that." But you know, you understand, man. You got to wake up five o'clock in the morning for five thirty weight training. You know, got to be at breakfast at 7, and you got to, you know, I don't know about basketball, but football, we had to take all our classes, you know, before 12 o'clock if possible. Yep. You know? So you got to get everything fit in before 12 or before 1. Soon as yep. you get out of class at 1, you need to head on over to the, to the stadium or to the practice field. You're ready mm-hmm. to practice. Now you have practice to, to 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, you go in, and then you go in. You ready to go and eat?
1: You eat it. And
0: study hall. And study study hall. hall. Study hall at six. And you and might
1: have a film session. Probably no. got a film session after study hall. You or know, it's, film session then study hall. And they forget that the athletes they have a social life. Mm-mm. You 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 want to you want to be able to go eat pizza? You want to go bowling? With what money? Your, yeah, that's what I'm saying. With what
0: money? <laughs> yeah,
1: because that twenty dollars my mom and was sending out there—that <laughs> was gold. That was in the gas tank, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I think y'all, I think it is well deserved, man. Because you look at it, I think they were saying just college football alone is a four to five billion dollar a year industry, mm-hmm. and you telling me just a scholarship is suffice for the people that's making the money. Exactly. Nah, come on, man. Be for real. Exactly.
2: Right. I mean, and then, you know, even with the scholarship, those athletes are still bringing more money into your school.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so. It's, it's and true. recognition. It's, you, 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 you think people ain't going to South Carolina because of the women's basketball team? Of you, don't think, you don't think people go to Georgia just for the football atmosphere? So they're and, bringing more notoriety, man, and I just feel like they ought to be right, rightfully compensated. Should we make a millionaires? No. But should they be compensated something? Yes. yes. Because you can't have a job. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible. You'll run yourself crazy.
0: And, and you know what's what's the crazy thing? You know you want to compare a regular student to an athlete. If you go to college and you're on uh, you're on an academic scholarship because you're a good you're good at math, so you got a scholarship because you're a good good math person. Well, what you can do as being a, a smart math guy, you can go and tutor somebody. You can tutor somebody. You can charge them $50 an hour to tutor and you mm-hmm. can put all that money and put it in your pocket. But if I'm the best point guard in the nation and, and I want to have a one-on-one camp and teach somebody how to be a point guard in the back in the day, I couldn't do that. I couldn't no. even have private lessons for something like that. So. Right. I'm glad that that the kids are getting their money, man. It's it's well-deserved. And here's the thing a lot of people don't know, the NCAA could have avoided all of this. They could have avoided, because it's gonna be a clusterfuck these next couple of years, because you're gonna have colleges just literally just paying kids just to come there, and they're gonna disguise it under uh, name, image, and likeness, you know, money. But Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, uh, one of the abandoned boys from UCLA sued because because it's
1: yeah ed, ed o'bannon yeah ed
0: o'bannon because he was on that uh the ncaa basketball game and he wasn't getting mm-hmm. any money well the ncaa when they signed that contract um for the uh for the bcs college football championship they signed that contract it was a two billion dollar contract for the next seven years or something like that so that was two billion dollars just on top of the money that they was already getting, that everybody was getting, that was $2 billion on top of that. And what would have happened if the NCAA would have said, hey, we're going to give every scholarship athlete $500 a month, you would have never heard, nobody would have never said a P. Yep. <laughs> nobody would have never said peep.
1: You would have never heard of the NIL. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Because so Jalen Rose said it on um, the Fab Five. He was like, man. How do you think it feels going out there, leading your team, just your big university, to uh, the national championship, but you can't even go by yourself a pizza after the cafeteria closed? Yeah, yeah, that that
0: was terrible. That was terrible. Yeah, me. that was
1: with the – they they was talking about Uncle Ed, or what they call him, Uncle Ed, which was Ed Martin. Mm-hmm. Man. yeah.
0: That was terrible for me because that was one, you know, being being up there in Kentucky, you know, I'm six hours away from home. You know what I'm saying? That money runs short at the end of the month. I'm, I'm over here. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I
2: I think when I play, we got two checks. We got a check of nine hundred dollars every uh semester. So first semester and second semester. So you got
1: basically. Man, that's a that's that ain't that. A, man, please! All that money they make, and you talking about eighteen hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and they pouring it in Saturday and Sunday, uh, Saturday and Wednesday, every what three days a week. Man, come one on, day man. One day off. One day off. And days- you telling me that's it? That, that's Shh. it. You that's crazy. It. Well, check this.
0: Check this. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Now, you're playing college ball. Um, everything's going on. And, like you said, those last two years, stuff, a lot of stuff started to change at UNC. You know, you started to get on the winning side of things. And um, your influence helped out a lot because cause I'm going to be honest, you're probably one of the first women that I can remember, actual, you know, superstars in Columbia who decided to stay home. You know, mm-hmm. and you kinda you kinda changed that um you changed that, that way of thinking because I know um uh, Teresa ended up transferring back home after her sophomore year and Mel stayed and then um I forget the young lady, I think that was a couple of years down the road, the young lady from um from uh what what's the school? LeBron, what's the school we played, they only had one end zone. Bishopville. Uh, uh, Bishopville. Bishop, Bishop. Oh Bishop Oh, Demetrius
2: Adams. Yeah. Yeah,
0: she she a little bit after
2: you though. Yeah, Demetrius, it was Melanie Johnson. She was from Blackville Hilton. Is it Blackville?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so, yep. Yeah, yeah. and,
2: and it was uh Latasha Cook had a brief stint at USC.
1: She was from Orangeburg. Orangeburg, yeah. I remember Tasha, little point guard. Um Melanie Good. Murray went there too, but she had, um, she had health issues, That's mm-hmm. is why she didn't get to play. Yeah. So Sean, you made it cool though, Sean. You made it, you Thank and you. Mel, y'all made it cool. Made it cool,
0: cool to stay home. Now, now check this. Now, as you start to get a little bit better, you know, the, the team starts to get a little bit better. Now, um, uh, the WNBA has is, is started in 1996. You know, it started before you went to college, but, um, now that w n b a is kind of lurking on the horizon, you can kind of see it over the edge um how how did how did that process go you know where did did you get letters from agents and stuff uh, advising you how does that process go uh getting ready as your senior year and the end of your senior year
2: actually, I don't remember how that unfolded. I just know like back then it we, you didn't get the agent until after um, you were drafted. Well, I didn't get an agent until after I was drafted. Um, the process—I just—I just remember. Honestly, I can't even tell you how the process
1: went. I just remember. huh? No, no, Don't so, show your age. Don't show your age on here, Sean.
2: No, I, <laughs> I mean like you know, leading up to that point. I just remember, I don't remember any letters coming in or them, them writing. I remember when it got closer to the draft, you know, my coach calling me in and say, hey, you know, the WNBA draft is coming up. Um, you know, and I've heard from quite a few people, but it it was never in depth. Like, hey, this team is calling for you. You know, I, and at that time, I don't even think the process worked like that. Um, so leading up to that, I don't know. I just know the last couple weeks, you know, right before the draft, that was when I started receiving a bunch of calls. Um, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Don't know what round you're invited to Newark, New Jersey. Um, And the only thing was is I had to be there. You know, you're, you're one of the top people or one of the top people expected to go in the draft. So you need to be in Newark, not Newark, New Jersey. Oh, what is it called? Secaucus, New Jersey. Um, um blah blah blah. They we, and then you know the details came. They flew us there, um, and that was it. It wasn't a whole long process. It wasn't like, hey, you know, um, you getting letters from this team, blah blah blah. It it wasn't any of that back then.
0: Okay, and now you you ended up being drafted. You drafted number nine. You drafted number nine. Uh were you, were you up there with your family doing the draft or was it just you who, who was uh, who was with you?
2: It was my family, my well, my mom and my dad.
0: Okay, okay. And now you you, you get um you get drafted number 9. Now where do you go? I was drafted
2: oh. to the Charlotte Sting. Mm-hmm. Um and there was an immediate trade to Minnesota.
0: Okay. Now let me ask you a question. Now, I, I, actually, my first time ever going to Minnesota was, was this year. I went to uh, Minnesota to watch the national championship game, and um, you know you hear some of the stories. Um, I went and took a tour took a tour of Prince uh, Paisley Park, and you know it said at Paisley Park I uh, party with the, uh, the Minnesota Lynx after they won the after they won their WNBA title. Did Did you ever have any Prince sightings? At, at your game? and you ever ran into Prince when you were in Minnesota?
2: No, I never. We rode past his estate, but I never ran into Prince while we're while I was in Minnesota. Never saw him.
0: Okay, okay. Now, what was the WNBA like? What was that experience like?
2: Uh, it was a great family atmosphere. Um, it was a sisterhood. It still is a sisterhood. Um, you know, just a lot of women that embrace what we do. Um, it was all love, no, not a whole lot of animosity. Um, just the experience alone, you know, meeting new people, the travel, the experience, the cultures, you know, that it, 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 was, it was great, you know. Um, it was one of my, I, I say to this day, you know, that that was the life, you know. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, you know just having doing what you love you know having the freedom doing what you love um and making money doing it you know that that, that was an awesome
1: experience okay okay did and you that, also play overseas Sean yeah that's
0: I, a, jump into that let's let's talk about that you know because a, a lot of the uh, WNBA players since it's only you know like a 3 month season a lot of WNBA players they get a chance to go overseas now, what was that like for you? Where, where did you go? How many places have you been overseas?
2: Um, my first, the first place I played was Turkey. Um, and then I went, I played in Israel for three years. Um, and then I went to Spain. And f- Spain was kind of on the border. So it's like um, we had games in France as well.
0: On Which one was your favorite? Which one you think was your favorite? Israel. Okay. The Holy I, I- I remember now. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want LeBron to call me a lightweight stalker. But I remember you. You posted a picture or something. I think you were like on a rooftop. This was a long time ago. Cause I was going back on your Instagram. You posted a picture like on a rooftop, and it was in the background. You yeah, had the background of Israel. It was just really nice. I, I thought that. I thought that was uh really nice. Cause I've never been to Israel. I've been to Spain. Been been a couple places in Europe. Never been to Israel.
2: It's 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 a place. I I think everybody needs to, if you can, visit it at least once. You know, it was my home away from home. You know, that was the place that I I didn't get homesick. I missed my family, but I wasn't homesick. I had a great time.
0: Now, how did you like overcome? Was it like any major uh, language barriers and stuff? How did you overcome all of that?
2: Um. Well you had people that would, tra- or teammates that would translate, and if you really need a tra- needed a translator, you could get one, um, but I'll say in most countries, um, you had people that spoke English, you know, um, or say like if our coach didn't speak, like in Turkey, the coach didn't really speak English, so you would have, the players they would be able to translate what he said now whether they translated exactly what he
1: said we don't know <laughs>
0: but, but yeah you know we um, don't either <laughs> what was it like that was it like that scene on our uh, love and basketball where the coach had a five-minute speech and then the, the translators just said just get you the ball
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> sometimes <laughs>
1: Move, move move break the triangle and give it to Shun. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it sounds
2: too.
1: I'm telling you. I ain't never heard of it, but I just use my imagination.
0: Man, that, that that's pretty cool, man. And, you know, um, you know, playing overseas, getting getting um meeting those new people, getting a new culture. Like we talked to uh Opie. I gotta stop calling this man Opie. Opie a grown man. I got I got I got <laughs> I got to stop saying Opie. Opie, that's my that's my little, that's my little brother right there, man. I got to stop saying that. But but we, we had Opie on the show a while ago, Brian, Brian Matthew. We had Brian Matthew on the show a while ago, and Brian talked about his overseas experience mm-hmm. and, and meeting people overseas that he still has contact with to this day. You still are friendly with, with the people in Israel or Turkey or, or Spain? You still have your contacts over there?
2: Um, yeah, we're still, I mean, most of them I see on Facebook. Um, we still communicate through Facebook, you know, happy birthday, you know, events. Um, so yeah, you know, those are the relationships that you create and a lot of them, you know, you have for life, you know, and it's, we're always good to see people growing and changing and seeing you know, even though they on the other side of the world, just to see what they're doing in their everyday lives and the accomplishments that they're having. So yeah, but you know, just thankful for those relationships and those people that I met along the way.
0: Now let me let me ask you a question. Now uh, you said something about um about homesickness. You said you you know you wasn't as homesick in in Israel. You know how how did you deal with that? Because you know back you know. Twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, you know, uh, you know, you had to get, a, excuse me, you had to get a calling card to call home. You know, it costs man, make, a lot of money to call home.
2: Man, I wasted so much money. Cards like my, I want to say, I would say you would buy the calling card would cost twenty dollars and it might last ten minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, all you hear is the voice on the other end saying, you have one minute left. I'm like, That's it. You know, stores closed. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find, you know, stores that are open so you can go talk to your family. Um, but I would say by my second year, they had something called Varnage, voiceover IP. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had a physical phone that was hooked to my computer um where I could actually call home. Um, you would pay a month. Mm-hmm. And it was unlimited, so that was how I got by, you know. But that first year was rough. Them calling cards,
0: I spent so much money.
1: Yeah, buddy, don't talk about that.
0: How long? <laughs> how long did you usually stay over there? How long did you stay overseas?
2: Um, about about eight months, eight to nine months, from September
1: Ooh. until about March or April. Ooh-wee. Wow! So you pretty much was over there. More than you were here, man.
2: Yeah. In fact, wow. you know, most people don't know. It's really year-round. So, when when you're doing, when you're playing in the WNBA and you're playing overseas as well. So, the WNBA usually starts around March, April. It ends mm-hmm. uh, August or September. Then overseas is from September until, like, around April. So, it's really, you, you may be, like, during that time, I probably spent about a week or two home a
0: year? Hmm. Yeah. It's wow, that's, that's tough. It's funny you mention that, because in the WNBA, they're kind of changing the rules a little bit. They want to kind of force players. They're going to start, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're going to start fining uh, WNBA players if they don't make it back in time. They're they going to fine them or suspend them or something like that if they don't make it back in time. Really? Yeah, that's that's something they're going to they do this.
2: This upcoming season, I, I haven't heard that, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand that because I mean, well, I I do know now they made more than we made when I when, when we when I first started out, um, probably about two three times of what we made back then, but it's still you know it's a yearly sal salary, you know, I mean, it's not in a, you're not a millionaire or anything, so most of those people, you know what they make in the WNBA doesn't compare to what they make overseas especially those people that play in Russia they're millionaires in Russia you know i i don't know if you remember um i think some years ago Russia actually played, paid Diana Taurasi yep.
1: to take not WNBA. to play
2: yeah and they mm-hmm. they paid her the million dollar or whatever salary she's making there plus her WNBA salary um just to take that time off so um i don't foresee that being a good thing. Um, because again, like money is the issue. We don't make enough in order to say, Hey, well, this is all you should be doing during this time.
0: You know? Now this is, this is, I'm glad you, you brought up the whole money aspect now because this is something something that's, that's a little touchy. It's a little touchy subject. When it comes down to, uh, women getting paid, what men get paid, uh, The WNBA getting paid compared to what the NBA gets paid. Um, I did an interview. I interviewed three coaches in in Georgia. Three of the uh, women's coaches in Georgia. I had a coaches roundtable. And -hmm. um, and, and we were talking about salaries and stuff like that. And, you know, all of them felt that the women should get paid what the men get paid. Now, me, I'm a bit of a contrarian every once in a while. You know, but I am a huge supporter of, of, of women's or of the WNBA. Hell, I got two season tickets to the Atlanta Dream, you know, so that, that lets you know where my support lies. But I do kind of giggle. You might get mad. I giggle at when, when I hear the comments that say the WNBA players should be getting paid the same thing that NBA players get paid. I, I kind of laugh at that. You know, how, how do you feel about the money in the WNBA, you know, uh, compared to the NBA?
2: I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to go as far as to say we should make as much money as the men make. I mean, just in all essence, we don't bring in the same revenue that the men bring. Um, but I will say that I would love to see it grow to that level at some point um, in the hopes that, you know, one day we will be there. Um, but I know that's the process. Um, but I do think that, you know, there's more money to be made. Um, I think we should make more than we're making in this present time. But I wouldn't go as far as to say that it, we should be matching what the men make at this point
0: in time. Yeah, I think I think that's my only that's my only way I can get kind of smart. I can be a smart aleck or be a ass when I say when it says, uh, oh, man, it should be equal. I mean, uh, nah, I done been to too many dream games, and I don't been to too many Hulk games. I, I understand it's it's a big difference. It's it is. A big, big difference is. by going to College Park, you know, at the College Park arena. But I would have
2: grown. It has grown.
0: And it, it has grown, but my main gripe with the WNBA, um, I don't think the WNBA doesn't does a great job of putting the product out there and, and sending certain players to certain places. It's like my big gripe, um, like sometimes you gotta be a little territorial when you're trying to grow a lead. Sending um, mm-hmm. sending Maya Moore. Maya Moore, I had the pleasure, when I first moved to Atlanta, I called um, Collins Hill's game, a couple of Collins Hill games. calling Collin Hill games. When Mm -hmm. I first moved to Atlanta, I got to see Maya Moore in high school. And Maya Moore, I tell people all the time, Maya Moore and Ivory Ladder are the two greatest women's players I ever seen in person, period. They're they're the two in high school, the two greatest players I ever seen. But for Maya Moore to be a dominant figure in high school in the state of Georgia and then be a dominant figure in uh, Connecticut, it's nowhere in the world they should have drafted her. To Minnesota you know something should have happened where she played for the dream or she played uh for the Connecticut Sun you know I don't understand why she now she did lead Minnesota to to what three three uh WMA titles she mm-hmm. did a job but if you're trying to grow the league you need to put her in a market where she's known put her something where she where she's she's already known you know um I
2: didn't
0: know she was from Georgia huh I didn't know she was from Georgia, yeah, she's from our college here. She's right there in our college here. She has one of the best stand lines or record lines ever um uh, in high school, she won three state championships and lost in the state championship game in high school, she lost three games in her entire high school career. She went to Connecticut and won two out of four at Connecticut. And i think she only lost like four games in connecticut so for like eight years she only lost eight games in eight years
2: that's a great stat line
0: yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a crazy stat line but yeah that's just that's my little pet peeve when it comes to the wnba is kind of how they market everything you know sometimes you gotta you gotta stack the deck to win right you know I, i'm gonna be just me being greedy me being greedy i would have loved to see asia wilson in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I ain't, I ain't no need to send the the, the the Vegas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: That's me being, me being greedy, but uh, but you know, yeah, me being me being greedy. At South Carolina need to get their own dang team and something.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't, uh, you know, Charlotte when they had the team, the Charlotte was a,
1: a real. They
0: were, I thought they were a successful team. I thought Charlotte. Charlotte, I like Charlotte. I, I, it really surprised. You don't me. send you to Minnesota. That they, didn't, uh, that they didn't work out and that's another thing with the W I i tell people all the time the wnba they do have the most talent in one place and the reason i say this because there's only uh 12 teams or uh 14 teams so you have the best players in the world fighting for 12 roster spots on 12 teams you know. It's so hundred and forty four players in the WNBA who make a roster in the WNBA, so you have the most talent in one place, and that way you end up having some some really, really really good women who end up getting cut who don't make a team like uh like Tia cooper Tia Cooper out in l a she's a great player, but she's
1: not good enough to make well now let's not say she's a great player. No, she's a great she's, she's a great above market. average she's a yeah she's easily to market but, but that's, she's not she's not a great player in my opinion I, I, she's above average well but- you know i'm a bit biased, i'm a bit biased because i called a lot of her high
0: school games i'm a bit biased but my thing is though she got a million instagram followers that's somebody you want in
1: the league. Yeah, she can <laughs> market. I say she's easy to market and can help it, but I'm talking about on the floor only. Yeah, I I, I can see what you're saying,
2: but I-, I, I thought she I thought she did well in her role in LA. I thought I thought she actually made a difference on her team. Um, what last year, last season? Yep, you
0: know?
2: Yeah. yeah, I thought she was a, a key player. Um, for her team's success last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, but I just we we just throw the word "great" out too easily. Yeah, yeah, I get We what don't make mean. we don't we don't make people earn it. I get what you're saying. I ain't gonna
0: argue with you on that one. I might I might, not right, but she she's, she's
1: key, she she's great in her role. She did. I thought I enjoyed watching her, you know, play and come in and contribute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it is though. You you're right though, Sly. It's a lot of competition in the WNBA.
0: Well, check a lot this. of
1: competition
0: check this, check this bro we getting we're getting uh late you know what you know what before we jump into the 90s block uh sean we didn't jump into anything we didn't jump into where you are now we talked about your journey but, mm-hmm. but we need to kind of jump into where you are now you know right now you're uh recently appointed head coach of uh, fairfield central yeah well, and i see in the background you have your eyes IV-
1: i dream
0: foundation T- tell us a little bit about that <laughs> I, <laughs> I dream I dreamed-
1: well
2: um, and the goal was to help um young female athletes by pro- providing opportunities and experience to learn life skills through the game of basketball um and just this- being given back to my community and being able to motivate inspire and encourage our young females um that was the main goal of creating this organization um i dreams actually stands for i am disciplined responsible edu- accountable, and motivated for my own success um really and you know we um we had a lot of success um with our our young female athletes you
1: know Um, I like what I like what you do not only on the court Sean but I like what y'all do in the community as well so I've had the pleasure of you know um being in some of the same tournaments and you and I training and and coaching together so um I like what y'all do in the community outside of basketball as well thank you thank you thank you
2: you know it just it's just about empowering our youth changing one it whether it's one youth um, one kid at a time or whether it's a group of kids, um just making a difference in our community. Um one of the things I like to do, LeBron, I always say I never forget where I come from. <clears throat> I love the Casey, West Columbia. That's my home. Um, um, so I do a lot in the community here. Um, my family as well, not just me. Mm-hmm. but there's right. a team. So um yep. you know Tch, um that's my J- brother. J- what up, yep. Jay? Shout out to Jay. Um, we also have a fall league going on at this current time. Um, this weekend is actually the last game, the last tournament style. Um, it ends on this weekend. Um, so we've had great success with that. Um, you know, just using our gifts to empower you.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, how can people get in touch with you if they want to um, donate or help or just learn? learn more about our dreams.
2: How can they get in touch with you? Um you can follow us on social media at iDreams2012 on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook is S C i Dreams Youth. Um there's also a link on there where you click on the link. Um and you can you can message or dm us um also you can go to www.idreamsyouthsc.org check us out and just send us a message
0: okay okay shout out to uh jay little out there i see uh i see he he out there he out there watching shout out to chance the president the
1: president uh
0: a couple I can't I can't name there I'm not about to name all y'all people out there watching but um shout out shout out to all of those who who are who are watching um uh okay now what else you got going on now now am I wrong did you did you put out a shoe Um,
2: uh I do have a shoe um we're gonna start back marketing marketing the shoe in a couple of months. Um, we took some time off because we had a lot of things going on. Um, we were focusing on our community events, but I will have that link up in a few months, probably I would say around December. Um, and if you're interested in buying the shoe, the link will be up and it will be for sale. I'm
1: trying to get that Christmas money, you ain't slick, Sean. Trying to steal those cash money, man. Sean, come on. I'm looking for a discount. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't scared to say it either. Uh, Facebook. I'm looking for a discount. I'm just teasing, Sean. What well, do you know? Whatever you're doing, we like to support it. Well, I tell um, you, so all, I support it.
0: When you're ready, when you're ready, when y'all ready to amp that on up, make sure you send us a commercial, and we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna put it on the Rip Twenty Eight podcast. We're gonna let you get worldwide. Worldwide. We're we're let you get some of these. Some of these listeners, and I just. I don't know, Brian. I can't figure this thing out, Brian. From Zimbabwe.
1: They might want to buy something in Zimbabwe.
0: I'm looking at I'm looking at the YouTube numbers. The YouTube numbers ain't where they need to be, but we're getting all the doggone. Sean, we recently crossed the uh threshold. We recently crossed the threshold, Sean. We now have we now have per episode, per per first week episode, we have over nineteen hundred people listening listens per mm. first week. And that they just mm. keep they just keep the stats for the first week. Those oh, are the wow. that really matter. But uh on, on Spotify that's where we are now. But uh on YouTube. So we'll get 100.
1: <laughs> hey that I mean, That just mean we need to start bring some more uh, some more beauty on the show. We got we a face for radio Yeah we yeah we got a face for radio. We ain't cutting it <laughs>
0: we got faces for radio we done we don't made the we done made the Um, on on, on apple on apple out of apple says there are hold on apple says that there are uh 130 36 000 podcasts in the world and we are in the top 500 so you oh. know we We going we gon we gon' pat our shoulder, you know what I'm saying? We going we gonna brag a little bit on ourselves
1: right there. Mm, Sean
0: yeah, we gon we gon' <laughs> pat our shoulder a little bit. A little bit. So but whenever you're ready to advertise, just let us know, man. We definitely we definitely wanna put you out there because like I say, um uh LeBron LeBron knows you a lot better than I do, but I definitely been a fan for a long, a long, long, long time, a fan fan of you, Sean, watching you play. Um, we're getting close to that time, Bron. We're going to have to take a stroll, man. We're going to take a stroll, stroll. A, a stroll down the 90s block, down the 90s block. And what we do, what we do for everybody out there in the 90s block, we sit up and we try to talk about something that went on during the 90s. And since we have A WNBA star. We're gonna talk about who our nineties block. Now we're gonna talk about our favorite WNBA players. You gotta choose one. You gotta choose one. We're gonna say these are the three you have. These are three choices you have, Sean, Don Staley, Lisa Leslie, or Cheryl Swoops.
1: Now that's tough. Hey, this this ain't (laughs) supposed to be. This ain't easy. It's supposed to be. I'm I'm, going to have to go with the home team. I got Dawn.
0: You got Dawn. You got Dawn. Okay, okay. What about
1: you, Bron? You know what? I'm going to have to go with Dawn, too, because Dawn was my first basketball crush when she was playing at Virginia. And then when she played on that Martin episode, it it sealed the deal. (laughs) (laughs) So it was Martin that brought me and Dawn together.
0: <laughs> I got you. I got you. Hey, my heart, my head, my head tells me that I need to stick with the whole team. My head says I need to stick with the whole team, but my heart has to say Cheryl Swoops. Well, I love her when Cheryl Swoops played. I was the biggest Cheryl Swoops fan, man. She was the first one to have the shoe. She had a speaking of the shoes, she had her own Nike. I she did. A, I was a Cheryl Swoops. Yeah
1: fans.
0: I know I, can't, I know I can't cross over the Savannah River. I can't ride I-20 and cross over the Savannah
1: River for a little you while. bet not. You bet not. Let and me
0: take let... that shirt off. I, love... <laughs> I had to choose one. I love all three of
2: them, though.
1: Yeah, love all three. I love all three, but Dawn was the first lady I really started watching dribble that ball and make them passes at Virginia and all that. So I, I went with Don, but you can't, you can't argue with, with either one.
0: Yeah. You,
1: you can't lose. You can't lose. Oh, well, no. check,
0: check this, man. This has been another great episode of the RIP 28 podcast, man. I have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Uh, Bron, you got any uh, parting shots you want to say before you? Get out of here, Bron.
1: Man, I want to say, you know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month peep the pink hat. I just want to uh, shout out to one of my co-workers that was di- diagnosed with breast cancer last year. She's uh, in remission now, doing well, but I just want to send a shout out to those that may be suffering now or that, uh, that may be in remission that, you know, y'all are not on this fight alone. We are with you. So shout out to those that may be found fighting breast cancer. All right. All right,
0: man. What about you, Sean? Any parting shots? for
2: you, Sean? No, I think I gave the shout-outs that I needed, but I just want to say thank you guys for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Um, I appreciate the opportunity, and I look forward to seeing y'all
1: a, a ways down the road. Yeah, When that shoe blow up, we want some of that money, because we advertise it here in Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to need a pair of size 13s. I'm going to need I got you. Y'all going to be the first
2: one to receive the link.
0: She said the link. The link. I'm talking the the I mean,
1: <laughs>
0: about the, the shoe. I
1: mean, the <laughs> hey, I'm thinking she going to say, yeah, y'all will be the first one to receive y'all's on the door. Y'all will be the first one to receive the link. No. Well, we know we got a place, <laughs> so we might as well start saving up.
2: Look, I haven't gotten there yet, but when I get there one day
0: gotcha gotcha we gonna hold you to it well check this man this is the rip 28 podcast it's a podcast where a few friends get together and we talk about a few things now some of those things you might like some of those things you might not like but we're gonna keep on talking because it's the rip 28 podcast now before i get out of here Brian said it is breast cancer month so check this out ladies make sure you take care of yourself Make sure you give your those self-exams. And for those who are not willing or not able to give the self-exams, me being a man of the people, I'm here to examine your best for you. Let God, me God. I will help you out because I'm a man of the people. I'm Sly
1: Williams. I'm so I'm so I'm embarrassed <laughs> for your family. <laughs> bruh, bruh, I'm here for the people. It's for the people. Not you. It's for the people. It this don't have nothing to
0: do with me. Nothing. Nothing. It's okay. all about say the Tatars, bro. It's all about say. Say the ta-tas. that's that's all I care about, man.
1: Shout out to Jay Little in the in the uh in the um in the chat. Yeah, this, this